This is a Capricorn FM podcast. We're talking about the youth and unemployment and everyone sitting with us will help us to actually make headway and engage with us. Okay, so we've got uh, Mr. Frank Mokolobotu, who is the Managing Director of Mgeba Technologies. Good evening to you. Good evening, good evening, Governor. Our core business is um, software development. Um, we've played a lot in the healthcare space as far as Namibia, mm-hmm. where we've developed a mobile solution that seeks to bring healthcare to the palm of your hands. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at the lower LSM, so people who can afford to consult a private doctor but cannot afford to consult uh, to to use medical aid. So you can you can always request a doctor and pay with our digital wallet. So that's the kind of innovation and disruption that we're after. Disruption. Uh, Mr. Miki Ramawo is the CEO of PMR Media and Advertising. What do you do? Uh, good evening, Gamla. Uh, good evening, the listeners of Capricorn FM. Uh, once again, thank you for the opportunity that you've afforded us. Uh, PMR Media and Advertising, we are a, a branding company. Uh, we are based here on 61 Divination Pulukwani. Um, the company opened doors in 2015 with the aim of being a one-stop uh, printing solution. Um, before then, we've been doing a lot of printing uh, through uh, third parties, and we saw a gap in the market. I mean, uh, some of them couldn't do it right, and I mean, the reputation was was very bad. So we decided to go in uh, to go into it so that we can address those issues. Mm-hmm. Okay, great stuff there. And of course, uh, Mrs. Lesogonolo Mogale is the branch manager of the NYDA here in Pulukwane. Good evening, ma'am. Um, I'm going to ask you, what do you do? <laughs> You're going to feel like I've been explaining this for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys do in there? Good evening, Gamla, and thank you for having me. I work for the National Youth Development Agency, uh, which is a government agency tasked with the mandate of youth development in the country. Mm. So we are that unitary agency that has been tasked to look into youth development issues into our society. I'm going to stay with you a little bit. What kind of programs do you have to look at youth development currently that you're running? NYDA has different programs that have been developed to cater for the different needs of young people, Mm. which is our target market. Uh, We have young people um, who are unemployed, we have young people who wants to go into business or have businesses like my panelist here and wants to expand or grow their businesses. We have young people living with physical challenges. Mm. We have young women. We have young people out of school. I can mention the list is endless. Yeah. But it doesn't mean if you are not a young woman, you cannot get assistance with us. Mm-hmm. We still assist you but we know that your needs, the needs of different young people are not the same. And you would, you would know from your work that uh, unemployment is rife in the country, even in the province. Youth unemployment is actually the highest, being the, a youthful country that we are. What role do you play in that space? Yeah, youth, I, I, I normally say youth unemployment is also like a pandemic now. Yeah because we have a youth unemployment rate sitting nationally at more than 40%. Mm. So you can just imagine, we have a population nationally of young people, which is, I think, 
20%, 20 million young people in the country. Mm. So imagine 40% of that are unemployed young people. So hence I am saying it's a pandemic. So with us, we have programs that cater to unemployed young people. Uh, we have programs under our um, economic development whereby we have different uh, initiatives like business management trainings. Mm. Um, I'm talking about business management trainings because now our economy is pushing us into entrepreneurship. Um, we know uh, other people want to go into employment, but the economic situation that we are at, yeah. it speaks of entrepreneurship. Hence, we have this business management trainings. We have a financial um, aid as well to yeah. assist businesses in the form of a grant. You don't pay it back. We also have mentorship whereby we link uh, youth entrepreneurs with mentors. The aim uh, being to impart knowledge and skills into this young entrepreneur. We have market linkages whereby we link uh, youth entrepreneurs with business opportunities that can be offered by different businesses or organizations. Yeah. All right. So I'm sitting with entrepreneurs, and you were talking about entrepreneurship and mentorship here. I'm going to start with Mr. Mukolobutu. So you've gone into some parts of the continent, and that's quite some travel you're doing in there. But in terms of opportunities and ground and platforms for entrepreneurship, and look here in the province for starters, what kind of a situation is there? Um, and from my perspective as, as, as a black-owned business trying to penetrate both the public and private sector, what um, I'll just add on and maybe probe Sis um, Little Nola's contribution yeah. is that, you know, as black businesses, we go through rigorous mentorship programs, rigorous um, incubator programs. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we struggle to get into market because I just feel that there's a lack of trust in, in allowing us to make mistakes and allowing us, you know, to get that opportunity. So I'd like to see in the province and nationally us moving into a space where these incubators and ESD programs actually connect us with potential buyers and actually facilitate transactions that are monitored and evaluated so that if we drop the ball, we take accountability for that. But if we don't, at least we get rewarded with more work rather than us going into workshops where we're being taught how to register a business, how to, you know, register for a tax clearance. You know, those to many, many of us, believe it or not, are basics. We already know that. And mm. what we want is, you know, to get into the market and to get actual business that will, will help us to employ more youth and to employ more South Africans because the only thing that will stimulate um, the economy and reduce unemployment is small business. Uh, we all know this, but there's just no 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 uh, will, the political mm. will to drive us to being bankable, employ, employable companies. Um, it, it's just not there. Break into the market, be bankable. Uh, but, but let me start with the question I had for Mr. Mukulowo to Mr. Ramabu in terms of the platforms, in terms of whether the environment is conducive, it's helpful for you to break into that space and do your business. I mean, um, my brother Lishwagonolo has said uh, a handful. Yeah. It's not easy breaking into the market, especially being um, a black business. Uh, uh, people always have uh, that mentality that um, you can't get it right. Mm. 
and uh, I mean, do they have that mentality because of what? Of who you are? Because you're young, or because <laughs> because it's you? Both. Both. Yeah. Both. Because uh, we're young and we're also black. Oh, because we're black. Okay. Yes. yes. Black. I didn't want to say that. Uh, <laughs> somebody has to say it. Yeah. Um, and we we thank those who give us opportunities. Uh, so that we can showcase that, I mean, it's possible uh, we are able to deliver. Mm. And, I mean, we also are able to employ young people in the province. Okay. Um, you know, Mrs. Mugale, as we talk about this, we, we talk about the platform. So what we're getting from the two gentlemen is people are capable. Uh, people know what they should and what they need to do. Uh, they just need to be assisted to break through into the market. Is that a role you play as well? Yes, that is a role that we play. Um, 20 years, 20, we are now 26 years into our democracy. Mm. And we can't be sitting here and still painting other small businesses that are owned by young entrepreneurs, uh, young gifted black entrepreneurs as no, there's no capacity there, they won't be able to deliver. We can't paint all of them with the same paint. Mm. They are young entrepreneurs who are capable of delivering, who have capacity to can deliver with the skills, with the knowledge. So they just need to be given a chance. But we as the, as the NYDA agency, mm. we do support every young person. All we need is, we want to see the passion, the motivation. Show us that you are capable. Yeah. Show us that you have the knowledge and the skills. Show us your previous work that you have done. And we are there to support you. Mr. McCullough, what, what, what do you need to be able to break in, into the market? Is it only a matter of being given an opportunity or you need resources, you need support as well to be able to break it? Um, so it's a range of things. One, one major one is reduced red tape. For example, I mean, we as a business are sitting on about four solutions that could streamline government operations. Yeah. But because of the whole procurement uh, act, you know, we have to go through a tendering process. And in, 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 in the spirit of protecting our IP, it's just not a viable option for us. But now, how do we sit back as citizens taxpaying citizens, law-abiding citizens, and watch a country operate inefficiently. So that's number one. It would be less red tape, enable and create an environment where we can compete, but without having to jump through a lot of hoops. So that's number one, yeah. both in the private and public sector. Number two would be, yes, you, we need funding, um, but that, you know, it differs as and when you obviously have to put together a compelling business case in order to you know, persuade your investors that they'll get their money back with interest and with profit. So you know, the onus there, it's, it's twofold. We, yeah. It's also on us to prove that we're worthy of being funded. And then um, number three, just trust us. Believe yeah. us, allow us to make mistakes. We don't encourage mistakes, but we must embrace them. I mean, there is no way you'll be a Bill Gates or Elon Musk without making mistakes. And I mean, uh, Mickey said it here that, you know, when you're black, you get crucified for your mistakes. It's unfortunately what, how it works, both in the public and private sector. And we're human. 
I just allow us to make mistakes. Let us take responsibility for our mistakes. Let us remediate and move forward. We just need a bit more trust, less lip service and a bit more trust. You know, let's let's show some action with, with what we're saying and what we're promising the youth. So I think those would be the three major components that we need. Funny you say Gates and Musk and, and you didn't say Mutsipa. But, and I don't mean anything by it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ramavo, if you were to add on that and take your own in, in terms of those areas that I think we're all in agreement that, that is needed. And I just wonder, which one is a little more prohibitive? Which one is plays more of a hindrance than the other? If you were to prioritize, this is an area that we should start with. I mean, numerous times you hear government coming with concepts. Whether they eventually translate to something that works on the ground for you guys as entrepreneurs, it's something that only you can say. Well, funding is the most important one that he has mentioned. Uh, for example, in a self-funded organization like ours, uh, we employ 15 uh, people on a full-time basis. And, I mean, we managed to uh, keep, keep all those 15 people living after the pandemic. Mm. I mean, a lot of companies, they had to downsize, they had to retrench. But we make sure that we make sure that we had to dig deep into our pockets, into our savings, so that we can save their livelihood. Uh, so if we get adequate funding, we're able to increase our capacity in terms of production. We can buy more machinery. Mm. We can even employ more people. I mean, okay. we, we get a lot, of, a lot of young people on the streets asking us, I mean, uh, we just graduated, we studied media, can we come and do volunteer work at your organization? We don't want those young people to come and work for us for free because mm. they have to commit, they commute, they have to eat. So, I mean, if um, a government uh, was able to come up with grant yeah. that uh, they were able to pay these young people stipends and we are able to take them under our wings and teach them the skills so that they can be able to access the job market. But the choices of businesses that we make, the areas we choose to go into for business, uh, are they really in line with what would be your economy here in, say, for example, in Limpopo? What do you choose to do as a business in Limpopo? As young people, are we able to really align? Are we able to read the atmosphere and look at what is part of the bigger economy in, in a province like ours? What do you say? I would love to speak for ourselves. Yeah. Um, the space that we are in, it's, it's, it's more viable uh, for the economy in the province. I mean, uh, for example, I will just give you, uh, if, for instance, we had government as our client, I mean, they do printing every day. Every day. Yeah. They do branding every day. I mean, even if you can have 20 uh, printing companies in the province, they will still get, uh, they will still benefit from all those jobs. Uh, that the government is teaching out. Mm. But Lekhaonolo has said uh, there's a lot of red tape. And, I mean, things having uh, to go out on tender. I mean, somebody will get a printing tender even though they don't have uh, the equipment to do the printing and they don't even employ someone. Okay, let me, let me start with uh, Mrs. Mogale here. Let's start with the red tape. Uh, do, do you see it as well? Do you sometimes have meetings and say, guys, let's reduce this red tape. It's too much now. I mean, people say it a lot. What do you think of the red tape? Well, it's just that he mentioned my name, but I think he was referring <laughs> to <laughs> our other... <laughs> okay. Progressive talk on Capricorn FM, and we're having a conversation this evening. We're looking at youth and unemployment. So, before the break, it was, we were saying there's this general um, idea, and it's generally said a lot, that there is red tape 
in how government does its things. I know government also attempted to reduce the red tape. I mean, government talked about uh, having paid uh, small businesses and enterprises in 30 days. I'm sure that many people said that still doesn't happen, right? Being paid for the service you provided within 30 days and so on. But they tried that. The, the president was speaking just a day ago, had something coming up as well, a number of departments coming together. But this idea of, of red tape, is that something that as the NYD, when you lobbying, when you finding solutions for the youth, do you also look at? As NYDA, any opportunity, uh, be it a procurement opportunity, mm. uh, be it us maybe engaging other organizations, be it private or public sector, we always ensure that there is that level of... Um, What's that word? Where transparency. Okay. Yes. Yes. We ensure that there is, tra- and we are also guided. We there's an annual report that NYDA has, which is accessible to p- the public, mm-hmm. where they can go and even look because we are accountable to the finances that uh, we are entrusted with because it's government money mm. and we have to account it taxpayers money we have to account for it and the information is made available to the public okay mr mkholowood it's a question i'd put to mr ramabu there just wonder if you wanted to jump in there as well before we uh, move to other things in terms of the kind of businesses that the youth choose uh, whether they are businesses that also align to the opportunities that are available at least for a province like ours align to what is an active economy here in our province yeah i think for me we we are in a very fortunate province we're blessed yeah. in that um you know it has so much potential so i believe that you know in business if you're not solving a problem no matter how minor or complex the problem is, then you're not in business. So obviously, your business would be would be informed by a problem that you identified in society or whatever the case may be. So I would like to believe that every business that's operating is operating on the back of, yep. you know, trying to solve a problem. And also, Limpopo as a province, you know, can start to build it, an, a vibrant economy where we have less influx to the metros like Johannesburg, Pretoria, Durban, Cape Town. We could have our own hub here in Limpopo. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at people that are doing big things in this country, most not most, but there's a significant amount from this province. So that just goes to show you that the capacity, the skill, the talent is there. Um, we just need to believe in ourselves a bit more and we'll be less reliant on some of the bigger economies in the country. And before you know it, because, I mean, we are not facing into Zimbabwe and Mozambique, etc. Before you know it, we will be a force in the country. So I think that the, the environment is there. We just need to tap more into it. When you say that, uh, the chairman of MSG Africa, that is uh, Mr. Given Kar, was saying the other day here, uh, did he say top five or top six of those, the youth that are in the top five or top six that are doing great things in the country? Actually, two of them, actually, from the province, right? He was, he was saying that. And he was talking about um, one of them in marketing. I think it's Sylvester Jauke. I'm reading his book, so I'm able to quickly recall that one. And uh, was it Rich Mnise as well that, that he spoke about and, and, and a few others? But he was talking about um, what they are doing as representing the province and what we can do in the province and go out there and, 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 and make it work. But, but so as, as we, we, we come back to the province as well and we come back to, to what we do, the, the choices that we make as businesses, 
there is a perception, and it's been there for a while, it's lingering, that when black business people get opportunities, instead of creating other opportunities, birthing other opportunities out of it, we celebrate the little that we get, we overenjoy. If someone gets a tender, as opposed to investing in another business, growing their business, they buy bling bling fast. I know that black business people don't like hearing that. How true is that? We've seen it happen. I mean, a lot of our brothers, I mean, they, they fell into that trap. Uh, but it, it goes again to perceptions. Yeah. Not everyone will um, get something and go bling yeah. after getting that something. Some of us, we want to give back into the economy. Hence, that's why we're in business. Mm. We're not in business to bling. That's why our businesses are self-funded in the first place. Guys, in the tendering business, and I'll come back to that question for everyone, but in the tendering business, how many youth are involved, generally? Yo, that's a difficult one because, you know, you attend briefings and you find a lot of your peers. Yeah. Um, so look, government hasn't done entirely poorly in that area. I mean, they, they've given some work to youth. We are youthful uh, business. We do significant amounts of work with government. So I would say that they're there, but, I mean... You know, sometimes we want to punch with the big boys. We want to, you know, have the big projects. We don't want the cramps because yeah. we also have people as leaders in business, have people who depend on us for their livelihoods and their families. And we can't continue to know. There's, there's always a ceiling that you hit. And that's what we're all trying to break past that ceiling. Yeah. And I think that government has the power and the private sector have the power to, to help us break through that ceiling. So yes, it's 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 a, it's quite a significant amount. Though would like to see more youth in the tendering business. To what extent is the background from which one is starting influence how far one can go, or influence how long can one get their breakthrough? Uh, some people will tell you actually they started a business to fight poverty. They started a business to make a living. And, and therefore, they eat from the business. The little that they get, as opposed to saving, building up, and reinvesting, they have to feed their business. To what extent does something like that affect what kind of, how far one goes with their business, where they can go? And it will go back to the support you get, but, but basically speaking. Um, I believe um, a lot of successful business people, they come from nothing. I mean, um, I can give a lot of examples. And, I mean, it goes to show that, I mean, they, they, they need it more. And they, they know that they don't have anything to fall back on. Because if you're coming from poverty and uh, you get into business and then you make it, you know that once you sleep, you will go back into poverty. And there will always be that trauma. So I think that a lot of um, people who come from privilege and they go into business, they know that even if I squander this one, I mean, there's something at home I can always get something and try another business. I want to talk about government policies and things like that. How important is our connections? And I mean two things by connections. So I mean how important is networking, honestly. And I also mean how important is knowing people in the right offices. I think um, even beyond government, I think we must guard against scandalizing having relationships. If tomorrow I can have coffee with the president, that's it's fantastic for me. Yeah. It shouldn't be a scandal. We shouldn't hide. 
um, I should be able to present my case to him and he listens to me and pushes my agenda because my agenda is for the better of the country. So I think it's absolutely important. You could have the best selling product, you could have the best, you know, consulting services, the best intellectual property, but if you don't have the relationships to unlock those doors, it's what in the in the in the corporate space we call a sponsor. You yeah. can have a mentor, but in those decision making rooms or tables, mm-hmm. if there's no one speaking on your behalf, unfortunately your proposal, your C V will just gather dust. So you need someone who can speak on your behalf, but at the same time, it's it's double-sided. You need those people to bank on the right people. Um, so you need to you need to bring them into the confidence that you are bankable and you can deliver on whatever mandate is being discussed on the table. So that's the onus on the entrepreneur. But then our leaders tend to select and tend to back losing horses. So that that is a two-way relationship which is so important. And the minute we start to bank winning horses, it will only take this country to new levels, uh, greater, greater heights. So I think that we need to stop scandalizing the fact that I know the president or I know the yeah. MEC or the minister. But then at the same time, I'm obliged to not embarrass that person when they speak for me yeah. and deliver on whatever. So you spoke about bling. So it's okay for me to buy the bling, but if I was told to build a school, I'll buy the bling when the school is built. And to get those priorities right. So it's things like that that then bring into confidence Mm -hmm. so people speak for you. And um, so speaking about sponsorship, you you, you, you do mentoring there. But I want to talk about the, the policies that government has, what government has put in place to be able to support businesses and how that works as far as your role is concerned there as well. As an agent, so I will speak for uh, my agency. As an agency, obviously, there are different legislatures and mandates that guide us. We don't just operate. We have the National Youth Development Act, which guides us. We still have the National Youth Policy, which guides us. And my... 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 You, 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 you're looking for a name. But you know what? Yeah, as the, as the, to ensure that uh, each, it's very vital that yeah. each and every young person um, conscientize themselves with this national youth policy because yeah. it speaks to their plight, it speaks to their needs. But in short, yes, we have different legislatives yeah. that guide us as the National Youth Development Agency, and we are to abide by those uh, legisl- legislatives as well as policy that policies that are guided by the same legislations. And, and as, as an agency, when you're sitting down, you're looking at everything that is available, what you're working with, what the youth are supposed to be working with. Um, are you satisfied with the kind of, uh, 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 and I don't want to necessarily go back to platform, but uh, the kind of conditions that have been created for the youth to do business, or it's an area that more work can be done? I feel more work can be done and still needs to be done. I can give an example. As an agency, on an annual basis, we operate on a budget of 400 and something million. And that is supposed to cater for the 20 million 
young people that we are having in the country. If you take that amount and divide it by 20 million young people in this country that we are having, you will get each young person getting less than 4,000 rand for the entire year. So I feel more can still be done. I feel uh, if us as an agency, we can be given more budget in order to meet, I'm not saying we will meet the needs of each and every young person, but we need to do more because there's still a lot that needs to be done. Right. So, so with that concession, we probably, I, do, I probably do not need to ask this gentleman whether uh, you're getting enough support in terms of funds from NYDA and you, the issue around the availability of funds. But maybe the one issue is betting on the right horses, which is what he was saying. And we'll talk to the criteria that you use to select those that you actually fund and whether you actually bet on on winning horses and so on. Yeah. Well, our process, I would like to believe it's fair because when you come in uh, wanting, let me just get, you want to apply for finance for your business. Um, Firstly, we have to ensure that you at least have some knowledge uh, on business uh, have some business skills or you've attended some entrepreneurship course or you have a qualification speaking to that uh, you also get an opportunity to in, be invited for what we call a pitch a pitch is an opportunity for you to shine, to market yourself to market your business you are saying come and present your than when you just come and complete a form but we don't have the exact idea what exactly is this person the, what this person is doing, what do they have and then you come and pitch to a committee and then after the pitching they will ask you questions so I would like to believe our process it, it, it gives each and every young and, uh, entrepreneur an opportunity yeah. to can get financial assistance. The, do you perhaps in selecting those that you fund, look at a saying, certain things, do you perhaps still fund um, established businesses or you're looking at up and coming, you're looking at small ones, you're looking at ones that wants to break through? Because if you have got budgetary constraints, Perhaps it will determine where you throw your money. If you have budgetary constraints and you're looking at a big business, it needs a lot of money. But a small business, you may look on the plain sheet when you say we're funded, you've funded 10, you've used 20, you've, you've, need, you've used 100,000 to fund 10. But you may use 100,000 to just fund one business and may look like you're not working. So how do you do, you do that? Do, do you look at, do you, are you still able to assist established business or are you just focusing on the up and coming? Well, if established businesses need funding that um, we can offer, yeah. if you need more, let me just give, uh, tell you our maximum that we can finance is 100000 That is the maximum that can be financed by NYDA, which means also you as an established business, you can apply for this maximum, mm. but it has to be this amount but if you need more then it means there are still other government institutions like your CFR, small enterprise finance agency that can assist you but yeah we do assist but normally it's those who are still starting those who have started but wants to expand but on a smaller scale yeah. then they can apply 
All right. Right at home, of course, you can engage with us as we have this conversation this evening on 087-288-9697. That is our studio line and our WhatsApp number 0798996226. And I'm realizing as I sit here that my WhatsApp is actually there slightly beyond me. I need to seriously reach across. And maybe we just use the calls and hear from you there at home. Um, what is your sense on what we're talking about? Is If there's an issue you want to raise with our panelists or a comment you want to make, do that on 08. I want to talk about um, funding and the support system that is there um, for, for as businesses grow, as you need a little more capital than you do need to start. So you have started. You're out there. Again, we're talking about being bankable, right? Um, is, is there support? To some extent, there is support. I mean... Um uh, NYDA uh, they give us uh, the COVID relief and uh, we are thankful for that um, other government um, uh, uh, funding agencies mm. uh, we tried, uh, we applied some of them were still waiting on the outcomes um, there's no proper feedback mechanism uh, we do our follow ups but we're waiting there are those that we're saying for small up and coming businesses there are requirements that are limiting have you experienced that? Yes, we have. Yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes um, it comes on the turnover of the business. If you don't make um, so much, we're unable to fund you uh, mm. because there's no business case. Um, sometimes you have to go out to gather uh, letters of intent from businesses who uh, will able to, will be able to support you once you get the funding, yeah. if you need to expand. So uh, those are some of the limiting issues. Right. Progressive Talk on Capricorn FM. Thank you very much for sitting with us. And and you guys at home following from uh, the social media, the Singers Live, you see, that's how we do it. That during ad breaks, that's what we do. We have a little caucus, put their heads together. And sometimes we have the most interesting conversations during off-air. Um, you know, sometimes as panelists and off-air, we say the strongest things that we can't say on-air. But it's not happening here tonight. Uh, we're talking unemployment and youth and all of that. So we, we, we're all right in here. Uh, we, we'll take your calls at home. There's Justice on the line. Hi, good evening, Justice. Uh, good evening, Mr. Angamala and our entrepreneurs. I've got uh, one or two questions. Yeah. And maybe let me start by saying maybe the COVID-19 on the other side came with disadvantages and advantages. I just want to ask specifically for the NYDA. Are they not experiencing some challenges in terms of finding some youth who were actually supposed to be running up their businesses? And in terms of the status of the COVID-19, what are the monitoring and support systems that they will be implementing to ensure that the fund that is allocated to those youth during this COVID-19, their businesses are going to be successful and they will actually see some input from that fund. Okay. And the other question that I just want to check with you, is NYDA not politically influenced in terms of funding the youth across the belt? Okay, thank you very much, Justice. Uh, um, okay, let's go to that. Well, how do you respond to that? Uh, the first question was about COVID and how you are assisting uh, young young people during COVID there. Yeah. Okay, hi Justice. Thank you for the question. Uh, with COVID, when COVID happened last year, it affected 
so many businesses, small businesses suffered the most. And as NYDA, when we had to respond, we came up with what we called a COVID relief package Mm -hmm. to assist uh, mostly our clients that we have assisted previously with funding, but not excluding those that we have not assisted, but it was open to as long as you are a young person and then you have a business. Mm-hmm. So we assisted quite a lot. I think my panelist here also mentioned that uh, he also benefited from the COVID relief uh, fund of 10,000. We never stopped um, we never stopped uh, with our services. We yeah. never stopped rendering services even during the pandemic, just not when there was a lockdown, but all our services we've never closed. All our services, they don't have a closing date. They are always there to assist you. All the services that I had mentioned previously are there to assist you. You can come to us and then we can assist you. Mm. And then in terms of political influence, NYDA, we our organizational structure, we are supposed to have a, a board uh, which uh, the, there are still interviews that are taking place. Mm. Uh, we don't have a board as yet. We are still waiting for a board to be appointed and we are hopefully uh, hoping that it will be so soon. And in terms of political influence, I would like to say um, we assist. Our mandate is to not to assist a young person because they are affiliated to a certain political party. But as long as you are a South African citizen between Mm. the ages of 18 to 35, you are supposed to get assistance at NYDA. Political influence is not there when we do our services. And I I don't want to suffer you a lot and put you on the spot. Did you mean to say even politicians are actually allowed to sit on the board? (laughs) The applications for board was open to every young person, including politicians. Yes. Yes. So that happens. Politicians sit in that board. Okay, this says, good evening, Gamul. I'm listening to the two entrepreneur guests you have there. They are both talking about assistance or help from government. Are we not too much dependent as South Africans that we want everything from our government? Do you think that the Indians, Pakistanis, and the Ethiopians who are running every spaza shop in the whole Mzansi are getting help from the government? Or we are just too soft as South Africans, spoiled brats. Yeah. Well, as for NYDA, I thought they don't exist anymore. They are just wasting our taxpayers' money. They must close. They only help people who they know and steal business ideas of people they don't know. That is from Notorious. See, the last line was very difficult for me to read because you're sitting here. So, but 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 um, the, the first part of it uh, as an entrepreneur. How would you respond to that? Um, I, I, I I disagree with the listener there. Um, the mere fact that, you know, many of us are, are standing on our feet and, you know, continuing to operate in the market without the intervention of government. But, um, and and he makes, he makes mention of um, the Indian communities, Pakistanis, etc. Mm. Um, and, and the dynamic there is quite different in that, 
you know, they, they, they have a model which works for them in terms of group bargaining and stuff. And it's something we can learn from as well as Africans. So, yes, I can agree with that point that, you know, we can learn a thing or two. But, you know, for us as entrepreneurs, we're always the, 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 the ultimate aim is to list yeah. on the JSE. And you cannot possibly do that without government intervention. I think we tend to, we tend to overrate um, the listed companies, the big companies. And I think uh, if we went back and read how those companies were bankrolled with evergreen contracts, and which is why they listed today, yeah. we would appreciate the importance of government um, in accelerating the growth of a company. So I think we have every right because this government was mandated by us to create wealth. And I think, yes, that question suggests that we are obsessed with wealth redistribution. Um, and I disagree. I think the mind shift should go towards wealth creation. And that's precisely what we've mandated this government to do more than 25 years later. And we're still crying about the same thing. And we're always being told these things take time. And I don't think it does, especially if you're in a position of power where you can shift policy in order to enable the black industrialist agenda. So I don't think we should um, soften up on government in terms of that stance. And yeah. I don't think it makes us soft. I don't think it makes us incompetent. It's just simply what the government should do. It should help us thrive. I mean, look at the Chinese companies. I mean, Jack Ma was was empowered by his government to be a global pioneer. So we we haven't produced the Jack Ma. So I, I disagree with that. Okay. What, what is your response to that? Uh, one of you want to add to what he just said there? I also disagree with the listener. I mean, we, we have started. We're already doing this without the support of government. I mean, we are only saying it could be better if the government will support us. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll continue taking your calls at home on 087-288-9697. 087-288-9697. That's a studio line. We'll take your calls there and talking about the black industrialist idea. Right. And we are really talking about real issues here. We're talking about youth and unemployment, but we're also talking about job creation uh, on one front, our uh, entrepreneurs are talking about their areas where they are working and what they actually do. Okay, so let's talk about possible solutions when we talk about, obviously, the one uppermost important thing, you, you talk about the, the, there was the redistribution of wealth issue, but the creation of wealth, wealth, and therefore there's the need to create employment, need to create jobs, need to create business opportunities, which are linked. So what is the solution for, I'll start this end, what is the solution for unemployment in the province? Um, a lot of young people, uh, they struggle to get into the job market because they don't have skills. I mean, employers are looking for skills, they're looking for experience. So, I mean, uh, fresh from varsity, you don't have those things. So, I suggested earlier that uh, government must come up with um, solutions to address issues around skills development. I mean, if uh, government sets up a, a fund or a grant to see um, uh, they, they will pay stipends to uh, young people so that uh, they are able to learn skills through uh, private companies or even government entities. Yeah. I think that will address the challenges. Okay. We've got Opa on the line before I, I, we go on with that. Uh, Opa, good evening. Good evening, Gamalai. How are you? Ah, great, great. What's up? We are claiming. Yeah. Look, Gamalai, the issue of uh, youth uh, employment, unemployment, rather, yes. 
it can be easily sorted out to avoid a future problem. Mm. You know, the issue of entrepreneurship has, has to be introduced as a compounder subject from a primary level okay. so that we don't have future, continuous future unemployment problem. You know, you know, you know, the economy, the, the educational sector currently produces more graduates mm. than the economy can absorb. So you've got, you've got graduates that are not working at all. So the reason is why do we, then why do we have to go to school? Because we're going to go to school, but at the end of the day, we are not, we're not going to get any job. So I'm saying, I'll appeal to the government to say, introduce entrepreneurship at an early stage of schooling. That's my number one point, Ngamula. But look, there there are also regulatory issues here. Mm. Look at the township and village economy, for example. Who owns that? Foreigners. Spaza shops in all villages and townships are owned by foreigners. Why can't we regulate that, Ngamula? Because it cannot be correct that all business, all, all village and township uh, businesses are owned by, by foreigners. It cannot be correct, Gamula, mm. that all, almost 90% of people employed in restaurants are foreigners. That has to be regulated at national. All right, all right. But Thank you very much, uh, Opa, for, for your contribution there. I'm just running out of time okay. as we want to also wrap up, and I want to get the opinion of our panelists here on possible solutions. So so he had, he had offered his... What would be your view of a possible solution? I, w- I would say a lot of our youth unemployment is coming from um, the township areas, also in the urban areas. Yeah. But I believe that, you know, it's important that we industrialize and urbanize those areas. So, for instance, how many doctors has Sishiko given us? A lot. Mm. Giani, a lot. Let's give those doctors hospital licenses. Let them put up private hospitals. Let's revive the colleges that are have been run down and have a nursing college that then feeds those nurses into that private hospital. Let's have schools, private schools that are black-owned, that are built in those townships, private universities that are built in those townships and have training centers that build the skills that these institutions need. And if you do that, you'll create economic hubs in Guiani, Gwangoa, in Venda, in Sechewo, Teflop, and you'll address youth unemployment. The University of Limpopo, for example, let's revive it so that it's back to the standards of competing with the best in the country. Um, and we, if we repeat that model across all the provinces, specifically what we, we classify as rural provinces, like your Mpumalangas, your Northwest, Free State, etc., I think we'll, we'll will sort out youth unemployment in the country. We can't all fit into Johannesburg and Pretoria, can't all fit into Durban, Cape Town. We have to do it here in Limpopo. We have to industrialize, and that program needs to be pioneered by black business. All right. Uh, What would you say uh, are are the possible solutions? And, of course, it will speak to some of the programs that you're also having there. Okay. Number one, we need to stop looking at government as an employer of choice. Mm. The government is not supposed to be an employer. The government is supposed to be creating a conducive environment for businesses to be started. Ease of businesses, it it is what government is supposed to be doing. Number two, I must say I concur with my panelists and the caller who just called in now. We need an overall of the education system. Mm. 
entrepreneurship or business skills, it must be a compulsory subject. Starting go primary schools, it must be compulsory. Because we are, the, the education, uh, there are so many graduates that are being produced, but all of them, they want to be absorbed into the labor market. Okay. And now, uh, my last point, yeah. we have a labor market that is not demanding some qualifications. So it means some qualifications are irrelevant. Mm. So also the economy now, it speaks about other qualifications that are needed. So I think um, uh, my last point it is that we need to, our qualifications, our skills need to speak to the current situation of uh, uh, that we are facing as a country, not only as yeah. a province. Just, just in 30 seconds, uh, the, the partnerships that you've entered into? As NYD, we have partnered with the Land Bank in the province here in Limpopo. We have what we call an agri-fund that is targeted youth who are in farming, who can apply for finance to buy implements, finance to buy equipment. Uh, it's a blended finance with NYDA giving you a grant of up to 250,000 and with the land bank giving you a loan. With the land bank, it's a loan, hence it's blended mm-hmm. finance, okay. yes. All right, uh, appreciate uh, everybody coming to sit with us this evening, uh, coming to engage with us. Uh, Mr. Mkolowotu, Mr. Ramau, appreciate you sitting with us. Uh, Mrs. Mogale, appreciate you sitting with us. Appreciate the engagements that we've had. It's conversations that we should continue to have, really, and find solutions that will be helpful. And I want to think that with what we've said, with the inputs we've made, someone has found a solution. We have opened a door somewhere. We've been able to at least move an inch towards the direction we all want to go as a province. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.